Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new special bonus episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. Hello. Hello. I have loud, happy children in my hallway <laughs> that I can probably edit out mostly. <laughs> but I mean, but we're hearing them. <laughs> there are worse things that could be going on in the background. Like, Oh yeah, like we it, it at first it was just like faint giggling, which can kind of be creepy, but then you heard voices and stuff. Yeah, so it, it became more just like oh, it's just happy sound. <laughs> That's fine. Um, so this is our part two of our Endgame review, and in this episode, we're going to be talking more about um, Shield connections because our other Endgame episode was like two hours long, and we still didn't talk about Shield stuff, so <laughs> we dedicated a full episode. Uh, to what our show is about, Shield, <laughs> and we have we have thoughts about how disconnected Shield is from the MCU, which sucks. But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, before we go there, <laughs> we're part of the But Why Though podcast community. Be sure to check them out on Twitter at But Why Though PC and their website at But Why Though Podcast.com. So much endgame content there if you're looking to read up on opinions and feelings and listen to podcasts. Like there's at least three podcasts in the network that are doing endgame, endgame episodes. So definitely check them out. And we're super proud to be a part of their community. All right. Um, where should we start? <laughs> should we start chronologically? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only comic connection is also like the first thing you have on on, on, the, on the write up. Yeah, the notes okay. um, for the seventies, which yeah. is a good, good is a good place to start because it also really kicks us off. I think sort of into our gripes. I don't know. So I don't know if it's maybe okay. Let's do Winter Soldier first, then, and then we'll do the seventies after. And I guess even that's even that is how it happened in the movie. Even uh-huh. though the seventies happens first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because when you go back to your past, that's now your present and your future, and also blah true. blah blah. <laughs> Time travel logic in the MCU. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Um, I mean, definitely if you heard the previous episode, you figured it out quick. This is super spoilery. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So also- I mean, they um, should know, but yeah, just Super spoilery for Endgame. Also, at the very end of the episode, we're going to talk about the season six premiere and how that ties into Endgame, or rather, might not. <laughs> so- And, you- and, and yeah, it's going to sneak in there, uh, like- this will post, I think, for from uh, iTunes and on Twitter and on. Uh, but why though? As the episode's dropping, but there's like a brief window of people get it directly from Podbean, where you might be listening to this just before this airs. <laughs> yeah. So if you, yeah, kinda cool. <laughs> definitely, if you don't want to be spoiled for a season, the season six premiere, um, don't. Listen to that last bit, like wait until you watch it. But um, we did get to watch it at WonderCon. And so we were trying to figure out a way to like do an episode on this because it's so complicated. But um, this seems like the perfect opportunity to kind of talk about this. So, so yeah, we'll get to that at the very end for sure. And we'll give you plenty of warning if you don't want to be spoiled. So, yes. Um, let's talk about the Winter Soldier tie-ins um, during the time heist <laughs> of Endgame, which was so much fun, actually. So much fun. Um, so one of the things that we, like, right off the bat, like when we're in the Avengers Tower in New York post-Battle um, of New York, Loki's being taken away, um, they have the Scepter and the, oh my God, what is it called? The Tesseract. Tesseract? Oh, my God. (laughs) It's going to be one of those days. Okay. Um, And um, (laughs) Jasper Sitwell and Rumlow and crew come up in the elevator to take the uh, scepter away. And um, Tony has Scott on his shoulder, tiny um, Ant-Man Scott, and is explaining to him, like, oh, like, that's S.H.I.E.L.D., but technically it's Hydra, but we just didn't know it at the time. And... It's just like a cool tie-in to to that film, and it was fun to see Sitwell and Rumlow again, like in those in those roles. Um, and we've talked about Sitwell before on the show, so you know his backstory as a what he's like a 
religious, like he's Mormon, right? In the comics. Yeah. Or something yeah. Like that? He, yeah. He's, he's Mormon in the comics. He's a blonde dude. Eventually he becomes yeah. a zombie. Um, yeah. So he's cool. He's cool in the comics. Yeah. Not a Hydra guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, who plays him in S.H.I.E.L.D. and the films? It's Maximiliano something. That is, that is right. Uh, let me see. Maximiliano uh, Hernandez. Yeah, so he is reprising his role as Agent Sitwell, which is fantastic. And whoever the dude is that plays Remlo, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, he complained a bunch about being cut, and then like I, like uh, that guy, uh, he wrote me the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, I was just like, dude, you're you got to be in the MCU. Yeah. Like, be just grateful. Chill out. It's like, <laughs> it's like what's his name from the Phantom Menace who was like wanted more money or whatever. Um, one of the Naboo, what's his name? Uh, I'm forgetting his name now. But there's like an actor that was in the Phantom Menace that crossover to our other fandom, <laughs> Star Wars. But yeah, he like wanted more money, and so they cut him out of Attack of the Clones and just like changed the character to some someone else completely. Oh wow. <laughs> Oh, yeah. is that uh was that Hugh Quarshie who they replaced? Yeah. I think they replaced and they made a new character. Is it they replaced uh someone with uh Typho with Panaka, is that right? I think it was the other way around. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. But anyway, but yeah, he was he like wanted he was trying to negotiate more money and they were like, Nope. <laughs> Which sucks because he's like a black dude in Hollywood. No, and like, probably should be able to be treated better, but I don't know. For, for, at the same time, it's like trying to put one over on Lucasfilm when you already agree to something after episode one comes out, like you're not going to win. <laughs> I like it. So yeah, morally he might've been in the right, but he didn't have a chance probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, so we get a little glimpse of Sitwell and then um, one of the things that's mentioned in the elevator, which we get that, that, elevator scene of captain america walking into the elevator and it looks it's set up exactly like winter soldier like the epic elevator like fight scene <laughs> i think i read that 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 was one of the last scenes that they shot and that they like had most of the same stunt crew and you know evans <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, so, yeah. Yeah, it's the same same actors but like they really tried to just do it like as perfectly as they could yeah it's really cool it, it, it paid off it did. It was super fun. And then, um, so when they're in the elevator, Sitwell, um, I think he's on the phone or he's on the radio or something. I can't remember. Um, but he says, oh, we're going to get the um, the scepter to Dr. List, which um, is funny that we are covering a, a season two right now in uh, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because Dr. List actually shows up <laughs> in, in season two. He appears in, in three episodes, I think one of which it was aftershocks we already had yes and um he'll come he'll come back for another couple episodes but he is connected to von strucker who they are they are experimenting on powered individuals well yeah he he appears twice in the films i think once in winter soldier and once again in age of ultron with von strucker and yeah. he dies in age of ultron yes so uh <laughs> but that, that is cool it's because he's one of the more minor characters and doesn't have a comic connection he's one of the i think of the MCU crossover actors and characters that we kind of missed, uh, like like just in our general recollections of it. Yeah, but I'm I'm really glad you caught that. It's because it, it's a a great connection. The only reason I caught that is because literally after I watched Endgame the first time, yeah, after I watched Endgame the first time, I went and binged the rest of season right. two because I was like no, sad. I was like, oh, there's no more of like this this Marvel universe that's gonna right. be going we, on. We were texting about we were talking about the show and the episodes that we were covering yeah. our regular episodes. No, for for sure. Like, yeah. that's, a, that's such a great connection because I mean I pay attention to a lot of the stuff, but I totally missed that. I think because he is just from just from the MCU. Like that stuff doesn't jump out quite up quite as much at me as something from the comics usually. Yeah. Well, and he's just like a typical like evil Hydra white dude. Like he doesn't, you know, <laughs> it's, he's, I mean, he wouldn't have, he didn't stick in my memory until like I rewatched season two. So, right. um, but yeah, but that's really the only reason why I even caught that line. Cause I caught it the second time I saw Endgame, and I was like, wait, Dr. List, like, <laughs> I know that, I know that dude. <laughs> it's pretty awesome that you caught it though. Yeah, I was pretty proud of myself. Um, I don't know. Is there any other Winter Soldier tie-ins? I mean, 
I don't think so. Oh, there's like the bunker that they go to in 1970 that they visit in Winter Soldier that him and um, – Oh, where Zola is. Where Zola or his yeah. his computer self. I don't know. Right, right, right. <laughs> where Zola ends up. And so there, there is a lot of tie-ins. I mean it, it, like you just mentioned the the, the 70s portion, which is where like, – like, there's all sorts of tie-ins to uh, Agent Carter and to uh, – shield and uh, the comics and uh, yeah you know, it's it's that's like a, a source of a whole lot of connections right there so i didn't realize that and i don't know how this fits in like with the comics that um uh what is his name dr pym was like yeah. at shield that well i thought that was yeah the, i thought that that was something that happened like more in the future i didn't realize it was that far back in time I guess because the flashback stuff in in the Ant Man films, I guess I, that was something that I I had already th- I, I I figured it would be a, in the sixties and seventies, and partially because I know that so a lot of that was like adapted or you kept from held over from the uh, uh, Edgar Wright version of Ant Man that was in development, mm-hmm. uh, kind of before they got to the point where they're at now, where you can kind of have more interesting voices like Taika or uh, any of the the people who've come on and come on recently, yeah, kind of Marvel Marvel films. Yeah. Uh, but when he was was doing it, like the pitch was that I think it was going to be told both in the present day and in the sixties, and all the flashback stuff was going to be Hank Pym in the sixties as a Shield agent and Ant Man, and then all the present day stuff was going to be Scott Lang. Okay, and uh, so I, I I guess that sort of prepared me for it as well, and just thinking about how the original Ant-Man stories took place in the sixties and oh, those kind of vibe. And I'm just, that. I'm more into Ant-Man and other people. Like it's, it, it, there's the, it, it, it's funny. Cause like, even though people love comic book movies now and love superhero stuff. And I get that Ant-Man is one of the more, I guess, silly names and silly <laughs> concepts sort, sort of, I mean, literally green arrow arrow was super successful and like launched a whole new era of, of both dc and in general like comic book superhero television and it's about a guy named green arrow that's a traffic light he's named after yeah <laughs> you know like the least scary thing i've ever heard i mean and, spider-man is like isn't he like the most popular comic book character yeah and he's like no, and he's a fucking yeah, he's like, spider man yeah, how's that any sillier of an ant man <laughs> right you know? and like and again the, the like it's i feel like it's very it's very weird to like be like no no shrinking is silly uh, a grown man being able to defy every law of physics possible yeah <laughs> you know? it's like like that's not silly like, like every all of it's silly and uh, like dressing up as a bat is pretty silly <laughs> like, it's but, all silly <laughs> yeah and i never really got why those movies are seen more as a joke but i i love them a lot so i don't know i i, I guess i kind of had the era worked out although still I'm thinking what this is. So this is after he's retired as Ant-Man. That would have been in the 60s. So after Janet disappeared. But that can't be because of when the timeline is for like when hope exists. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. How, how old they all are. That, that, that all had to be in like what the early 80s. Yeah. So I guess this would be like this would just be when he's developing everything. I guess which, so. Like in the previous episode when I mentioned comic connections and mentioned his helmet. Uh, I guess that would be why it looks like it does because it's the old school version. Yeah. So in, it's it's interesting to try to piece it all together. I guess like maybe it's just supposed to have a sixties vibe, like a like a Mission Impossible sort of like spy vibe, and with the music and yeah. those two Ant Man films, especially like in those flashbacks and in the action sequences, I feel like it it there is that heisty heisty kind of yeah. I, I think has some overlap with uh the Mission Impossible vibe. Yeah. And also I think they had to time it up so that like Tony was not born quite yet too. So when he runs into his dad, like I think that was the more important storyline rather than the Hank Pym <laughs> timeline lining up perhaps. When, when just admit, I think it does fit. I think it's just making it all work. Cause like, yeah. like, like, like you said, they have to make it just work with whatever timeline they have. And, you know, also, uh, they they already had to like fudge that to make uh, Evangeline Lily, you know, yeah. their daughter and whatnot. Yeah. Although it is worth mentioning that uh, Robert Tate Jr. Is ab- was absolutely already alive. <laughs> 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 yes, he was. <laughs> Maybe not Tony Stark, but no, no, Tony Stark was what uh, in in utero in the, yeah. in the story. But yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Hollywood, man. though. Yep. 
Um, we're, we're lucky they're trying to tell us Tony's like, like, like was conceived in 1980. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the one thing I do appreciate about all of the Hank Pym stuff is how important it makes Ant-Man to everything that happens in Endgame. Like he, like, he's just like, if, if Scott hadn't come back, like none of this would have happened. Like, well, and that's uh, actually, that makes me think of something that's come up a bunch it sort of fits more into our gripes, but just uh, I guess I'll start it now. Finish yeah, it. but it's, it's it's a comic connection. I won't bother with like the dates and issues for because it's not like that major that shieldy. But uh, well, I mean, I guess it's sort of because Hawkeye is a shield agent in, in the MCU. But uh, you know, Hawkeye becomes Ronan in this. And people have talked about that. that's from the comics. But Hawkeye also was Goliath in the comics during uh, the original Kree Scroll War storyline in the comics that took place over the Avengers and was this massive story arc where they go into space. Clint Barton, you know, was like, all I have is a bow and arrow and you guys are going into space. <laughs> like, like, come on, I need something. So Hank Pym is like, his head retired at the time. He's like, Hey, you know what? These are just Pym particles. Anybody could use them. Scott Lang hadn't been introduced as a character yet. So he gave them to Clint and he went on this adventure in the Goliath costume, which was uh, pretty much just pants and like buccaneer boots and like this weird harness. He was shirtless. Like, like, of I don't course. know why. Get a mask on. Get to wear a mask, but no shirt. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm going to be several stories tall. Why would I wear a shirt? Uh, but wow. Yeah. Um, but like, it, I felt like that was a shout out. And I thought of it both times that I watched it, but then there's so much to process that I, when we were taking notes, any other time I didn't actually think of yeah. it but but all the discussion of oh we gotta do this because it's from the comics it's like they the little shout out to that i think by having him be the one who volunteered to test it yeah and and he you know he used the pin particles and and it, there was some sort of significance to that but like if they were beholden by the comics and he had to go and go off into space and fight some kree and scrawl as goliath before he became roan and it's like they're not beholden any of this stuff we've talked about all the differences so many times it's like it's such yeah. a weak excuse, but that'll lead into my my gripe section. Yeah, <laughs> we, we'll get to that. Um, so one of the characters that shows up in the 70s, um, which is the only television show uh, tie-in in the entire film, pretty much, <laughs> unless you... Mr. Fancy himself, <laughs> as he's called in, uh, affectionately yeah. in, in Agent Carter. <sighs> Jarvis, our our beloved yeah. butler, which we do love him, and we'll no, probably- we do, <laughs> and it's great it's that so- he was there. But we talked about this a lot, like right after we watched it together, our second viewing. But like, I don't want to be mad that James Darcy is in this. I want to be happy. <laughs> like- I do too, but I'm not because right? <laughs> no one from Agents of Shield is in this film. Like, if you guys can work it the fuck out for a joke, second with no explanation of James Darcy. Why the fuck couldn't we get I, – I get the Netflix guys are a little bit harder, but why couldn't we get May or Daisy or Yo-Yo or all of them? <laughs> yeah. Like they should have been at that or final battle. Like they all have a stake in this too. It's like the entire universe has a stake in this and they're just not there. Well, and literally like, <laughs> like, the, excuse, like, like the bottom line excuse from uh, McFeely and I can't remember – is it Marcus, the other guy? The, 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 the screenwriters was like, we didn't feel like it was right to expect everyone who's seen all the Netflix shows and all that. It's like, what are you talking about? This is a 22-part series. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if, what? You know not everyone has seen it. You know not everyone has seen all of it. A lot of people have seen all of it. I you know, I have, you have, but like not everyone. You yeah. Know? I, uh, yeah. It's really frustrating. But they put in Jarvis from one ABC Marvel show, the one that was probably, it only had two seasons, so I guess that's pretty on par with the Netflix series, but their their, their longest running, most popular show, they don't put any characters from that in. I totally get why from perspective of like super, super inside nerdy perspectives, you you, you want to include Jarvis because Jarvis is in yeah. the comics while they do have him tied to, he, you know, his origin is tied to Tony because he was Tony's butler and Avengers Mansion was Tony's mansion, but he's an Avengers character and, and like he's really important in the comics to the Avengers. Edwin Jarvis is their long-term butler. He runs their household. He's basically... Alfred, you know, and he, he first appeared yeah. in, in an Iron Man story in, in Tales of Suspense number 59 in 1964, cover dated in November. He's created by Stanley and Jack Kirby, and he's like, he's really important to them, and he's old, British, bald, 
tubby man who is really nice and sweet and <laughs> kind of the heart of the Avengers. And I get like when they were trying to figure this all out and figure out, oh, we they did introduce him, you know, in this. Like they figured out a way to make him be in an Avengers movie. And I appreciate that as a fan. But it's like, okay, cool. That opened the door for you to make shit right a- enough with Marvel television to make that happen. If you can get one of those characters, then yeah. then then yes, that's great. Pat yourself on the back. But again, you're not expecting everyone to have seen Agent Carter. So what is this about? You know, like why is that little comic book nod, which I do appreciate, why is that more important than fucking representation and fucking, you know, like how cool it would be for all the people who love those Netflix shows and all the people who love S.H.I.E.L.D. Because there are millions of viewers every week on ABC and even more people who watch it on Netflix or reruns on On Demand or on Hulu. It's like, just throw us a bone, man. <laughs> they didn't even have to say who they were. No, just in that big scene. <laughs> there were so many nameless other characters like that, you know, were in the the big battle scene. They could have just thrown them in there and it would have been a great Easter egg for S.H.I.E.L.D. fans and they wouldn't, they didn't have to explain anything. No, in that they giant didn't explain battle what field? his name, yeah, they didn't explain what's his name at, at Tony's funeral. Right. Like, people had to go look that up. <laughs> right. Ty Simpkins, it's like uh, like, like me and, like, what, half a, half a dozen other nerds with uh, OCD <laughs> happened to notice who he was. And everyone else is like, well, that's just a kid at Tony's funeral. Maybe that's one of the director's kids or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like, like I'm sure it wasn't as meaningful. and it, But it doesn't take away from those of us who did appreciate it. Like, and it didn't hurt the people who didn't recognize him automatically. You're absolutely right. They didn't need to explain it. Like, did, was, I forget. Was there a moment where everyone was like, hey, are you Umbaku? Is that your name? Okay, cool. What? Where did we yeah. see you before? <laughs> oh, they didn't do that? <laughs> oh, go fuck yourself, McFeely. <laughs> like, 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 come on. I get where they're coming from, but just this is why we need more than just two white guys writing, two white guys directing. <laughs> Well, and of course, the one character that they do bring in, aside from Peggy Carter, because she is from the films, is the white guy, like from like the 1950s. He's literally British. Like it's like yeah, like like I get like, and all the people who are like responding to 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 people who do have like kind of like these sort of takes. I think where we're upset because of, of thoughtlessness. I think in terms of representation or just I don't know sensitivity like, like in other areas like, like there's all sorts of areas that, that they made missteps on and people take that as like ultimate criticism of a film like they, they think you're hating on it because you're criticizing one aspect on it of it instead of like asking it to be better <laughs> and, yeah and like i don't know man it's it's just very frustrating because it's implicit it's like I don't believe that the screenwriters or the directors were like, yeah, let's make poor choices. <laughs> like, like, like I, no. nobody thinks that. It, they're mistakes and missteps. But like you said, like it happens to be the only person they bring in happens to be an old white dude, you know, and a British guy. Like it's like that's like <laughs> subtextual imperialistic shit, like that you can't, right? you can't ignore when you look at everything. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And of course, like the cast that they could have brought in to represent Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are two Asian women, a Latina woman, and a black man. Like, if they did end up bringing Mac, like. <laughs> no, and even if they didn't bring in Mac, which I could see, you know, he's not superpowered. Not, and, yeah. and, and at this point, he's where they left him off. He's their, you know, director. He's not as much in the, in the field. But bring in Deathlock. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Like. Uh, J. August Richards would appreciate it. <laughs> I, I, I guarantee it. I don't know him, but I'm yeah. positive he'd be okay with it. He's like, hmm, in the biggest movie ever? Yeah, I'd do it. Right? I mean, come on. like, uh, And it's not like they have the excuse of like, well, everyone was dusted. Like, This is the whole point of everyone coming back is like, everyone's back. Then <laughs> they all have a stake in this. Like, They had no reason not to do this. Like, like, what other opportunity are we going to have for something like this? To have Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, and then the S.H.I.E.L.D. cast in the same film. We don't. Like, Iron Man's gone. Cap's gone. Like, I guess Thor's still around. They could do something with that. But, fuck. Like, that was the one big opportunity. And, and I don't know. It was a big letdown. I was pretty upset about it. But what are you going to do? Like, this is kind of the the norm for the show like and on that note let's talk about the hulu announcement um of ghost rider so hulu is developing a ghost rider television show um that's based 
that's not based on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. timeline, but Gabriel Luna is going to reprise his role as Ghost Rider. <laughs> so, yeah, and I have so many thoughts on this. <laughs> Which, okay. <laughs> like, my one question would be is it possible that this is like, like because I feel like. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about this. Like, <laughs> no, it, it, it's, it is. It's super. It's super weird, but it, but I can't help but think of like, of Patty Jenkins when she said recently in an interview that Wonder Woman 1984 isn't going to be a sequel to Wonder Woman. And it's like, yeah, no. Or, or like James Wan (laughs) saying that Aquaman wasn't exactly in the same universe as Justice League or whatever. It's like, they're just saying stuff. They're, they're wrong. They're objectively wrong. <laughs> Guess what? There's no there's no universe in which this Wonder Woman movie isn't a sequel. There's no way of thinking of that that's really justifiable. That's not just like a thought exercise and how to make words not mean what they mean. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't get me wrong. I, I like Patty Jenkins. I think she probably knows a lot more about uh, Wonder Woman movies and Wonder Woman than I do. <laughs> you know, period. But I'm just saying, like. <laughs> That's what the definition of what this movie is. It's the, yeah, it's, it's Wonder Woman too. Same like, <laughs> same director, writer, you know, actors, cast. yeah, playing the same characters. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> but, but and so I'm just hopeful because our good friend Paul Z, who I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, is one of the executive producers, and he's not the showrunner for that one. He's a showrunner for Hellstrom for the other show they announced in conjunction with it, the other kind of horror themed. Uh, Marvel comic uh, adaptation for Hulu, but uh, he's one of the executive producers along with uh, Jeff Loeb, who are both from Shield. And I'm like, they're bringing over two of the executive producers <laughs> and the star to play the same character, but it's not the same universe. And our friend uh, Aaron on uh, and and you know our, our friend and listener of the pod, and we really appreciate. He was asking a little bit about it. I wanted to save it for the episode, but like. I don't know. He mentioned, you know, he's going, he went into the, uh, like the dark dimension in that, uh, in the, what do you call it? The dark hold book at the end. Yeah. So is it possible he like went into a new dimension? It's like, I, I don't think that's what they're going to go for. I think that it's possible, but I think like if it's going to be separate, it's going to be so that they're free to do whatever they want. But I feel like the best way to go about it is just to leave it vague because it's like, I was talking about it with other people and the only thing that it had, it, it only gains by keeping the connection to shield. You don't have to dwell yeah. on it. You don't have to, it, it doesn't make it required viewing, you know, but yeah. you're going to be able to bring people who wouldn't start to watch a random ghost rider show on Hulu on its own, on their own. You're going to bring over some crossover audience if who like shield, if, if you'd keep the connection. So it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I feel like it could be one of those cases, like the Patty Jenkins comment where it's just, gibberish nonsense yeah or they're (laughs) or they're trying to like just you know it's not quite made clear like like maybe it's a maybe iteration is is uh not necessarily the right word the best word for it maybe they mean it's not the same storyline and it's also possible it will be completely disconnected because the one log line in it they moved him from being in in la which he is in both the comics and in uh, shield that i noticed that it said that he was uh, on the border of uh mexico mexico and texas so I think that okay. that is probably the whole reason they're doing it. So they can start his story from the beginning, but make it, but locate it there so it can be more topical. And I don't know, I I can appreciate those reasons. I'm okay with it, but it is a little disappointing, right? Like, it's just weird. Like, why? Like this character and the star came from Agents of Shields. Like, I don't understand. It is weird. Like, why? I mean, is there like some type of like intellectual property like licensing situation where they can't do that? No, I mean because because this is this <laughs> like, is a Marvel, you know, ABC is owned by Marvel, uh, or not Marvel, but Disney, Disney uh, and yeah. it's it's none of those. All, all the way all that stuff is done, none of those characters, none of the original properties are owned by ABC. It's 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 all they're all owned directly by Disney and Marvel, and. We should write some strongly worded letters to Jeff Loeb and be like, what the fuck? Like, please, are you dude, doing? just please <laughs> give throw us a freaking bone, man. Like uh, I know we keep I, I, it sounds like we're being really choosy, but just like, come on. It's just frustrating too, after all the it's connected bull over the years. It's like they're not even trying anymore. 
I know. I know. And the other Hulu show sounds interesting. I really hope they cast uh, not white leads. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's it's what's interesting to me is t- too because because in in the comic uh, version of, of of Robbie Robbie Reyes's uh, ghostwriter, he's not possessed by a demon or a devil or an angel like uh, the various versions of ghostwriter in the comics. He's unique. He's he's possessed by an evil like ghost by a, a, a serial killer named Eli Morrow, and uh, I feel like there's something sort of funny that then the way at least he was adapted in Shield, where he just gets the curse from the other Ghost Rider, which is from the, from the from the deal of the uh, deal with the devil. So it's tied with Satan and not a human serial killer. Whereas this other series that they're adapting, uh, Hellstrom, is based on a character named Hellstorm. Is a superhero name. <laughs> Last name is Hellstrom. <laughs> Superhero name is Hellstorm. He added an L and transposed the O and R in his name. Uh, but he's literally in the comics, he's Damien Hellstrom, son of Satan, is his name. Oh my god. And he's a sister named Satana Hellstrom. And of course. So but this is about Damon and or Damien and and Anna, which I'm guessing is based on Satana, uh Hellstrom and their the ch- children instead of Satan of a serial killer. <laughs> so it's like it's like they're swapping Satan and yeah. killer. Uh, yeah, it is a little weird. Uh and, and I feel like it could very well be, but that's just like that's the pitch for the the storyline, but then the, the actual story is them discovering, oh, our serial killer dad is the devil. And I'm I'm guess <laughs> I'm just guessing it's going to be a Manson thing and that their dad is tra- yeah. is a, a is a Marvel cinematic universe version of Charles Manson who will actually be the devil. That, that's my that's my <laughs> prediction based just on the announcement. We'll, we'll, oh, we'll have comic, to wait and see. Comics are weird, man. They really are. <laughs> like there was a Ghostwriter issue where they had to change it because there was this character who appeared like three or four times. It was leading up to a storyline where he was literally. I think they referred to him as friend a bunch of times, like the stranger or friend. But he's supposed to be Jesus. Oh my god! <laughs> no, like right, right before it like became explicit, it was stopped. Like someone internally is like, uh, no, <laughs> like we're not gonna do this. God. He's not going to team up with Jesus. Whew. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, should we talk about the season six premiere? Do we have anything else? Um, th- I guess we were going to talk a little bit about Disney Plus, just uh, oh, that's leading right. off of Endgame. Because um, we kind of talked about in our previous episode, our previous Endgame. Oh my god, previous Endgame episode about do we talk about the hawkeye series i don't think we did because that one isn't confirmed yet the other three are but i mean wandavision i'm just really hoping it's not that what people assume because there is that shot of what his daughter his daughter's name is lily i think there's a shot of of clint with lily uh in from the trailer and then in the film itself of him teaching her to use uh the bow and arrow and and her being really good and him calling her hawkeye even and it's reminiscent of specific panels of him and kate bishop yeah and people are like oh maybe she changed her name to kate bishop and other people are like oh fuck you i'm, I'm more in that party it's like no nope nope yeah. <laughs> no thanks i don't want that is- her to be his daughter no thank you nope uh nope and yeah but so i'm hoping that is absolutely not the case but i hope that the rumor that it's about him training kate bishop and passing the mantle to her is true that'd be great yeah uh I agree. Can we talk about Hawkeye for a second yes, in Endgame? Because that was one we didn't of my, address this. Yes, that was one of my big gripes as well, for sure. Yeah. Sure, no, ab- absolutely. I, and like, we had so much to talk about. And I, I get why we passed over it, but it's important to address. Please. Yeah. So, the the big. I mean, like his new character is supposed to be inspired by Ronan, you know, with like samurai sword and all that shit. Uh. <sighs> so. <laughs> Hawkeye goes, I don't even want to say this phrase because it's offensive to native people. I'm not going to say it. So he like goes off the deep end when he loses his family in the snap. And um, maybe he goes and takes on criminals in the U.S. since there's plenty of criminal organizations going on. But he's only portrayed in the film as taking on Mexican cartels and Yakuza in Japan. So this white dude decides to take it upon himself to go take out people of color that are have nothing to do with him and it's just because they survived the snap and <laughs> and it's, it's something that uh both uh, natasha and Rhodey, who like natasha who specifically has her whole like 
character arc in the the whole 22 movies or whatever i mean she's not in that many of them but you know what i mean like like <laughs> yeah. is is about her like like fixing the the red in her ledger you know and about like the consequences yeah. of of uh, of taking taking life and Rhodey is also a military guy like, like like he's a colonel and has killed people in battle and the two of them are both still willing to take lives in, in battle and they're disgusted by it like they're yeah. they're like disturbed by the level of violence like, like, like so it's like it's not just <laughs> it's it's all of it together it's not just that he's yeah. policing the world which is pretty fucked up on in and of itself it's not just that he's killing only exclusively uh, brown criminals it's a combination of all that stuff and he's wearing the Ronin identity while in Japan, like you're saying. Yeah. He, he, (laughs) it's just bad on so many levels. And then the fact that he is the character that survives the soul stone and (laughs) Natasha is the one that dies. Like when all we saw her doing in this was helping people. Like it was her, she was trying to, trying to like heal the world as, as best she could help you know, or any yeah. way she could help people do that. She was trying to, and he was crazy revenge craze, like making the Punisher look calm and deliberate. Like, right. And, and yet, yeah, he's the guy who gets the reward because like Shannon said, because he has the family and yeah. like, and didn't he fail them? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's and, just, it's just gross. It, and I hate it as a comics fan that it, the defense from people who like almost none of them have like you can you can tell from the way they talk about it if you have read any of it know anything what they're talking about like is isn't the darkest moment in in, in Clint's life like they're like what, 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 like in the comics when he became Ronan that's what someone like referred to I'm like that's not even sort of true the whole Ronan identity yeah. is is not a good one it's been a, yeah it's been uh, Maya Lopez who's a hearing impaired uh, Native American and uh, Latina character in the comics who is a cool character and I would love to see Echo or Maya Lopez in any of the other in any of her other iterations but she wore a padded suit that made her look like a man to be Ronan but this was only because people had figured out that he was going to make Daredevil Ronan that literally the new Avengers were all the people who had been in movies and Luke Cage and Spider-Woman because Brian Bendis liked them and people figured out that that was the formula and figured out from the solicitations, oh, the mystery guy is Ronan uh, and the mystery guy is uh, Daredevil. And he changed it because people figured it out. So he made it Daredevil's girlfriend uh, at the time, this character Echo. Uh, yeah. And it's like either way, whether it's the con- conception of Matt Murdock, who has a history of appropriating or working with Japanese <laughs> people, but yeah. even so it doesn't make it good, but like that or a, a native and Latina woman, or then two white guys, Clint, and then a, a Russian dude tied to the black widow as well, actually, which also feels like sort of what this is all about because a former uh, red guardian, I think not the one who was, I have to look it up. Not the one who was married to Natasha, but, but uh, like basically there's a character who uh, a mantle, in the comics called the red guardian, who's basically the communist Russian version of Captain America. And one of them was <laughs> Natasha's partner at one point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, at this stage, I think the most recent, maybe even quote unquote current, uh, Ronan in the comics is a Russian super soldier. It's like, they literally refuse to give this identity to a Japanese person. <laughs> it's, it's, it's insanely wow. stupid. And, yeah. and it, it makes no sense. So like, the justification then like it's from the comics. Well then don't pick the stupidest storyline from the comics. Also, <laughs> they're not beholden to the comics. Like ego yeah, they've is made, not they've made that clear. Like, like I go I go down just a list of all the Guardians of the Galaxy choices they make. I mean, literally, and when you again, it's the everything. Like you talked uh, about Mantis last week really well. And and like again, she's uh, an actual Asian human in the comic books. <laughs> she had her humanity and her Asian identity, uh, you know, taken from her in the in the movies, and that they choose to to as a company, you know, then to put out Hawkeye in this position. It's like all these choices matter. And again, no, I don't believe anyone is like I'm going to be racist about this. <laughs> like nobody's, they're not doing it on but it's purpose. Just, it's- it's a huge blind spot right. and it's okay to acknowledge your blind spots. That's why you bring in people that can recognize stuff like that in the writing room in, you know, behind the camera and the Russo brothers just don't want to do that. <laughs> I feel like 
like it definitely feels like like with who he's casting as creators that Figgy is trying to learn from his mistakes and catch up, but it's also been like, you know, it's been over a decade and 22, 22 movies, you know? Yeah. Like, like, I think it, it just, it just like was so like thematic and like in Endgame, just like, okay, it's just, this is the culmination of Asian erasure and just putting people of color on the front lines of your holy war, like as, as Avengers. It was just... Ugh. No, you're 100 percent right. All of our Asian actors in the MCU, outside of the television stuff, like in the actual MCU, are playing aliens or nameless ninjas or yakuza who are dead. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's and then there's Wong who oh, yeah, like, no, no, should have had a, a bigger role in this film, I, I, but I, didn't. <laughs> I, I did. I, I tend to have a blind spot for Wong, even though uh, Benedict Wong does a great job because the Doctor Strange film yeah. itself because <laughs> it's because the like, ancient one is a white lady because right. <laughs> it opens up like maybe one of the biggest problems with their asian representation that the solution to how do we how do we solve having a problematic asian character that we want to use uh let's make one ben kingsley but not really let's make him guy pierce and then oh let's make God. the other one a woman which is cool but tell this one for some reason Good Lord. Again, and the explanations, like like the, some of the excuses. Well, this version of, of the old one, they wrote her as Celtic. Oh, okay. Not Tibetan. It's like, okay, so sometimes it's the comic book source material that matters, but sometimes, well, this they wrote differently. I, I, like the, there's the grab bag of excuses when the excuse is just, I don't want to hear anyone complain about anything. Like, like, yeah. like, like I think like, like because there's definitely just, there's the absolute, like viciously racist people, but there's also just the people who I think don't want to think about it. So many of the responses I saw, like on a couple of uh, very active discussions I saw specifically about the Ronin stuff with Clint was it's not that deep. It's like, maybe you're not that deep. Yeah. <laughs> like no one's saying they're doing it on purpose. It's not, we're not, it's not a nefarious thing, but it doesn't mean it's not fucked up and we shouldn't call it out to hope it changes. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's not harmful, even though the intent was, wasn't there. Like it's still harmful. Like we're trying to get away that that's why representation is intentional and it has to be worked at. Like you can't just, because otherwise you just get this default of people of color are bad. White men are the white saviors. They're good and they can appropriate whatever culture they want um, and make them more badass. And it's like, I totally no, <laughs> like we're trying to get away from that. Well, and it's, and it's like, dude, it's like literally the people who are like, Oh, it's not that deep. Or, Oh, you really think they're doing this on purpose? It's like, no, I don't. Like, or do, do they not know what implicit bias or like societal right. prejudices are? It's like, this shit's learned and taught and subconscious. And like, in, in internalized like like not just stupid straight white dudes and and old white dudes like a lot of people have these issues so yeah. like, like and i think it's on all of us to try to like look into our uh, interrogate ourselves and the, the media we watch and and, and consume yeah the a lot a lot of other yeah. arguments that i saw by white men on twitter <laughs> of course, of course. were that the cartels and the yakuza are bad people and they've done bad things and so they deserved it yeah no i, I heard one person say like and and it's just it's the internet so you never know who's authentic and genuine or not but someone was, one of the people who responded to me was like about, about that was you know I, i'm mexican in mexico you know my audience cheered when that happens like i know and that makes sense but like uh, because the cartels are an issue you yeah know? but but at the same time it's like it's not just that if they had said again if they showed him killing a bunch of clan members and cartel members and that it would have been different that would have made a huge difference yeah but instead they showed him only in other countries killing people of color and that's fucked up yeah as he's appropriating a, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a japanese like persona <sighs> so. it sucks because i really love hawkeye as a comic book character and i really wanted to love him in this film but there's just so many things that bother me about- no, me too. I kind of stopped loving him in the MCU after Thor. I liked him in Thor where you barely saw him, where it's just he picks up the bow and arrow. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. cool. I like Hawkeye. But yeah, no, it's – I don't know, man. I, I think that they chose to adapt most – almost all the MCU, they adapt mostly from 
the mainstream Marvel universe, but a few things they've, they've picked and chose from uh, the now defunct ultimate Marvel universe. So a lot of stuff in, in first Avenger is added there like more visually than I think anything else, the whole, the use of the Shatari when they couldn't use the scrolls because of, uh, copyright issues, with the yeah. Fantastic Four stuff, and confusion at the time. Uh, <laughs> but they, I think they they worked out that oh, scrolls are everything. We sold them with Avengers and with Fantastic Four. But like the Shatori word came from the Shatori, the Shatori were originally in the comics just the ultimate version of the scrolls, oh. shape changing aliens. They were scrolls. They were called scrolls as well. Uh, yeah, it's all super confusing. But uh, they basically adapted Ultimate Hawkeye, who's a who's a shell of a character, who's a pointless character. Yeah, and the real Hawkeye in the comics is super interesting. He's and an he's, ex-con. He worked in a circus. <laughs> he's, he's not this, he's not Clint Barton in the movies. He doesn't have kids. Yeah. He's uh, like sad, he be- lonely man <laughs> that lives in Brooklyn. <laughs> and is like, yeah. he's basically, and, and at a different point in his life, he was like, a, a, his younger version of himself is, is basically Hunter on shield. Like he's not, yeah, he's not this guy. And I don't, I'm not like I'm not as down on Jeremy Renner as an actor as other people maybe. And I think he did a great job in this film. He was like a really he's a super emotional actor and I really liked him in Arrival like like Yes, he did am- like, like he's like I was shocked how much I liked him in Arri- yeah. Arrival right like because I think I'd only seen him in stuff where he hadn't really tried that much and he's charming in Tag. But like as a human I think I've seen him like make a couple of missteps in interviews and whatnot, but I also don't want to hold people to like impossible standards. I'm not going to cancel him because he said some stupid shit, but I'm also like going to keep my eye open. Right. That makes sense. <laughs> so I, like, so I don't love him, but like, I want to love Hawkeye. I do too. Sure. And I love the Matt Fraction, Matt, that's his first name, right? Yeah. The Matt, yes, Fraction, Matt Fraction and, and Aha. Yeah. Because like they, you know, like he is a character that with a disability that like, is still badass and is still able to like he 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 is a hero despite the disability but that's also a part of who he is and that's how he 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 lives his life like they don't take away from that at all that's another example though too where like it's a that's i I was talking before about uh in our first part about um not minding but they didn't use donald blake the same way like it ended up working out okay and that's uh, that's similarly i feel like I don't know. Uh, sometimes, sometimes the continuity shit, just ignoring something or, or, or making a change is to the benefit because that is like a, a an example of comics or weird thing because Hawkeye did have hearing uh, impairment and, and became deaf first in the comics. And then in a story that was well-intentioned, I'm sure, but was just a, a very stupid afterthought or, or part of uh a resurrection of a bunch of different Marvel characters. It actually sort of like this in the <laughs> comics. Uh, and there's a story called heroes reborn where the fantastic four, iron man, um, Ca- uh, Captain America and all the Avengers characters were transported to another pocket dimension of inside <laughs> a little beach ball held by the son, oldest son of the fantastic four. <laughs> he had created it because he has basically all the powers of God. Uh, that's his mutant power. He can oh, do whatever the fuck he wants. He can God. control reality. So Franklin Richards is holding all of a little sub Marvel universe in his hand for several years in real time, or just just over a year in real time. In the comics, it's supposed to be a matter of months or whatever. But so all these characters did disappear and then return, sort of like the snap. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's pretty awful. Like just in general. Um, wow. <laughs> Oh God! Their version of Hawkeye in that is it looks like Wolverine, but with no opening in his mask. <laughs> it's, it just has like a full face mask, but with a giant Wolverine mask. Wow! Seen, seen the, the comic book version. So when Franklin Richards brought the rest of the Marvel universe back to the mainstream Marvel universe from inside of his magical beach ball, he restored all the characters as he remembered them. And that included restoring Clint Barton's hearing. And he uh, uh, no longer had a disability than for years until the Matt Fraction series. And I don't know, I, I don't believe they actually ever really explained it again. Maybe they did, but I think they may have just brought back his hearing impairment, which again, like this is a case of them ignoring something or comics just being weird, but I think is actually for the benefit because it was a mistake to restore his, his hearing with a magical fix because that, doesn't happen in real life 
let's um let's talk about the shield season six premiere and yes. like how that is going to be affected by Endgame. so spoiler time spoiler section time if you have not seen episode one of season six and you don't want to be spoiled do not continue listening you've been warned so the premiere is one year after thanos the events of Endgame are five years after Thanos, most of them. Have you read the interview with Loeb yet? I have not. What does he say? He says they have it all worked out in their head, but they don't want to like like burden everyone else with it or something. Like, like, it, it made no sense to me. Basically, what? they're saying despite the way it ended last time, making it seem like Thanos was there imminently and it was taking place in real time. But this is all meant to be before the snap. What? Yeah, and, and and I do get like like they were basically talking about how like they could their hands were tied because they weren't going to tell them everything that yeah. happened within game, which I just get, and because and because mostly because what they did even with what they did know, they uh they didn't know when their premiere would be. Originally, it was going to premiere before. Uh, or there's a possibility that when it got pushed up, it'd be pushed up before in game. And they had a feeling it would always be after, but they didn't know for sure. And so like, I, I definitely get that their hands were tied and it's not their fault. And I even, even am willing to be, be okay with it because when you think about it, all they say at, at the end of that episode, you know, at the end of, of the last season really is that they're coming, right? That the aliens are coming. Yeah. And then they take care of it. So I have a couple of options in my head for why this happened. And and the first is just the simplest, and it's okay if this takes place earlier than we thought, and that happens like then it was just a ship scouting ahead for Thanos because Thanos does say at the end of Age of Ultron, you know, fine, I'll do it myself or whatever. But then he doesn't actually start for like what another four years? Yeah, which like that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) So him sending an envoy ahead, I'm okay with that. And the other one that I like, I like far less, but would explain the Ghost Rider thing, explain everything really, which is just last season separated them yeah with the time travel shit they're their own timeline now yeah uh pisses me off but it also works yeah i don't like that i hope i don't either like like it's it's sort of conflicting because on one level i do like the simplicity where it does solve everything but on the other level it's like fuck you guys you sold us you sold us one thing and give us another <laughs> Yeah, because I remember at WonderCon, like one of the questions was like, how does how is Endgame going to affect season six? And Jeff Loeb's response was like, once you see Endgame, you will understand. And I just have more questions now that I've he seen Endgame. It all makes sense. <laughs> he said it would all make sense. It doesn't make sense. I think he, I think he lied to us. <laughs> I think so too. Because <laughs> I don't think he'd seen Endgame yet. <laughs> he didn't know. Um, yeah. Um, no one's gone. Like no one has been snapped. If the timeline is pushed back a little bit, so this is happening before the snap. Like, okay, I guess that's fine. But like, if you watch this episode, like, it's like nothing in Infinity War Endgame ever happened. To be honest, like, there's no trauma fallout from people disappearing. Like, the Earth looks fine. You know, like there. You know, like when we see an Endgame, like. Society has like stalled for those five years because half the population is missing. And it just doesn't seem like there's any of that fallout in this episode. Um, so I hope you're right. I hope that maybe the timeline is just a little off and this is before. I hope it's not the case that we're just in a different future. I don't know. <laughs> Once again, here we are not being connected to the MCU um, as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans, and it's very frustrating. No, they're just, they don't care. <laughs> and like, I, I, I just wish that that, w- I just wish they'd level with us. Yeah. Like, I wish I wish a year and a half ago, two two or three years ago, whatever, people started to be like, hey, come on, <laughs> like, stop lying. Yeah. And Jeff Loeb's like, no, it's still all connected. It's just like the Netflix stuff. It's like, no. And in like bottom line, maybe that's part of it is that Netflix, if they wanted to keep going with Marvel, like what's the point trying yeah. to keep convincing people 
that it's part of something it's not. Like part of the the appeal of those shows, while they are high quality, part of the appeal of the Netflix series was that they were connected. And as it became increasingly clear that they weren't, what was the next hypothetical season of, of Daredevil going to do to address this? Yeah. Nothing? Nothing. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. And this would have been frustrating as hell to people. Like, hey, why didn't half of anyone disappear? Why all of Daredevil's friends and everyone he knows stay? Yeah. <laughs> like, and there would have been no satisfying explanation, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I remember when we watched this episode, I was like, okay, I was expecting, like, even if they were reversed the snap, like, it, we didn't know what had happened in Endgame at this point, but we were like, okay, if the snap is reversed and everyone's back, like, obviously, like, people who were not snapped away, like, would have been traumatized by the disappearance of their friends and family, but there was none of that. Like, the only person that they're mourning in this episode is Coulson and, and kind of fits just because they don't know where he is. And there's like great like character development and great story within that. But it's like, okay, like there's a whole other storyline that seems to be missing. <laughs> like that could have yeah. <laughs> been really great. But I mean, I guess, I don't know. I mean, like it's so painful to not have Coulson there. And it's, it's so painful to not have Fitz there too. And Gemma is just like, can't fucking handle it. And she's just completely changed as a character she's just become a lot more ruthless um because of it and obsessive because of it it's a very different side of Gemma that we've ever seen and that's great I love that it's I mean I hate it but I love it because it's 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 good shield stuff but I don't know I feel like there could have been so much more pain (laughs) and emotion had this had more to do with Endgame I don't know no I I don't even I don't even know like because it would have just been like a cleanup show on like the you know aftermath of Endgame I mean at this point if but I I actually feel like if they would have kept with the timeline if they somehow could have if if they could have gotten a firmer you know knowledge on their return date and could have worked it out I think that having to take place a year later in the middle of that could have been cool like and, and it wouldn't have been bad for it to be in the middle of that story and know how it ends, you know? Yeah, I agree. Cause we've done stuff like that before with shield. Absolutely. Like, I don't know. I, I think that the only thing that would have been maybe hard would have been to explain how none of them got taken out. Well, they would have had to have at least like a few people. Yeah. They would have had to have somebody, but they could have done that with someone like who we like, who, but who they don't use as much or at all anymore. Like we could have had one of uh, uh, the Koenigs go. And they could have had a team with two, with two of them in the same shot. It would been, that would have been amazing to have one patent disappear from the other patent. Oh, that's so it sad. It is, but it would have been, but it would have like broken our hearts. And I feel like if you just did that and like one of the two, uh, whose names that always escape us, of the two like side characters who've become more and more important, who are like, uh, yeah, uh, it, like one of the two of them would have would have affected us a little bit you know i like they could have they could, they could have been selective and still had an effect without yeah without it i mean essentially the original cast of the avengers was spared so True. i mean it's not it's not unquestionable to have like the like most of our our most treasured shield from trailers we know spared from trailers we know everyone in peter's <laughs> academic decathlon was spared <laughs> They got the same energy as, or wasn't spared. Uh, they, they, they had the yeah. inverse energy as the original Avengers. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, um, should we talk about like the season premiere itself outside of Endgame? I'm excited that we can kind of talk about uh, our hopes. I mean, it's nothing hugely major, but for uh, uh, Barry uh, Shabaka uh, Henley as Dr. Marcus Benson. We have yeah. an out uh, gay man not played by a Russo brother and a weird self insert. <laughs> yeah, and, thank God. And he appears to maybe be a significant character. Like, he definitely has potential to be. Yeah. Um. Did you watch the trailer that was dropped earlier this week? I don't think I did. I I know I shared it and I did read the article on TV line. I think that accompanied it, but I didn't watch the trailer. Um, So he is featured in the trailer a little bit and it's a scene that's not from the first episode. So Mm -hmm. I feel like he's going to be around for a little longer, hopefully. At Um, the very least, he's going to get a good season arc, like with the way they had the other uh, write-ups 
Like, mm-hmm. like there, there are very few characters added and it reminds me of like, you know, our Cree people last season or yeah. Flint or whatever. Like even if he doesn't, if he's not making it to season seven, which I hope he does, he, it appears that he's going to be like, have some importance with the storyline we're getting right now. Yeah. Well, I feel like they needed someone um, to fill that role of um, like, I mean, like obviously he's supposed to fill the role of Fitz and Gemma. Like he's supposed to be like the, the tech and science mind, but I feel like he kind of, he kind of fills Coulson's role a little bit too. Like he's the older agent that's been around for a while and he's seen it all. And um, he just has like a wisdom about him. And I feel like May is probably compromised from Coulson's death. And the fact that Coulson, but not Coulson comes back is probably going to be a huge factor in that. <laughs> like evil Coulson. Do we even know his name? I think, yet? yes. Um, from the episode, right? Sarge. Sarge. The big dude who brings him over is named Sarge. Or, or calls him Sarge. Yeah. So our evil Coulson is Sarge. Sergeant Coulson? Sergeant Coulson. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Um, but yeah. Uh, He's like, and he, he doesn't know what S.H.I.E.L.D. is. That's like the big reveal at the end of so, the episode, right? Like, Yeah. Um, oh, my God. That moment is is awful because <laughs> may is just like seeing oh him. oh god why do i have to break may's heart so much because may not been through enough in no, she six gets, seasons she like, gets the brunt of it over the whole six seasons doesn't she god just let her be happy <laughs> please one of the episodes that is coming up that uh the, for us to release that we just watched or i just watched today and you would have rewatched recently whew she goes yeah. through so much in this series. We find out why she's called the cavalry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I talked about Gemma, Scott, or Sky, Daisy. Um, I don't feel like there's any, I feel like she's kind of gone through her character arc for the show and she's yeah, just kind of. She'll get development, but it's like it will get light development. It's like, yeah. She's, all, she's in such a secure position in a weird way. It's like, I don't know. I feel like she's like Picard on Next Generation or whatever. It's like she's a, she's a fully realized character, and that doesn't mean she can't go through some shit. Like he went, he became Locutus of Borg for those of us who uh, yeah. watch Next Generation. <laughs> but I do not. But, <laughs> I know I don't know what you're talking about, but it's fine. <laughs> the, uh, basically, just the dude gets turned into a, a cyborg zombie at one point and is, is oh, cured. Okay. So he has like a PTSD arc or whatever. But like overall, like, he's still the same man he was before and after. It's like you don't need to have his his big arc where you find his internal motivation or whatever. Cause it just, he came with that already inborn. And while she, yeah. she wasn't like that, like she wasn't the Nick Fury of our series where they came in fully formed. She's, she's to that point now. And I feel like, you know, in a lot of ways, all of them are, but all the rest of them are in the middle of some like kind of crazy turmoil. And she's finally yeah. through it. Yeah. Yeah. She can be like, the the one on the other side guiding people through oh, man. other spoilers our new dude i was gonna say speaking of turmoil our new dude is like conflicting the hell out of me and annoying me because he's uh oh yo-yo's boy likable yeah yes why does yo-yo have a new likable white boyfriend <laughs> uh, i don't like this guy because i like him <laughs> like i want to just and he's him. so like oh we should let mac know like he deserves to know <laughs> yes no he was so like deferential and respectful to mac it's like uh, like like they already made him just like the way it, our, our writers are good at this point and they know how to yeah, fuck with us. They really do. Because <laughs> they made they made him likable on his own, like just with the way he was, and then with the way he was interacting with her, he was charming. And then that was just like the final straw. It felt like when I watched uh Varsity Blues <laughs> in high school and like and James Vanderbeek is like arguing with his dad and like being seditious. And at one point he picked up uh, a Kurt Vonnegut book, like during, during football practice, like everyone else is out practicing. He's on the bench and he's reading a Kurt Vonnegut book. And I'm like, I feel like they just like spied a bunch of yeah. like, high school kids to figure out what all of them <laughs> liked. And it's like, like it's just a, a, a character created by yeah. committee. It's like, Ooh, those kids will like this part. <laughs> I definitely include this. Cause I was like, I'm not going to be fooled by you, but I feel like they're, they've got the same level of like, 
crafting a likable character, but they're better. They're just really good at it. So I, I don't, I know it's happening. I know I'm being fooled, but I can't see the seams. So it's really annoying. But like also what if like Mac and Yo-Yo just never get back together? Like what if, what if their relationship is irreparable because of what Yo-Yo's done and what Mac's done? Like I could see that too. Oh no, absolutely. It'd be great pathos. And like, if it were real people, I'd be happy for both of them to be able to move on. But because it is like fiction, like yeah. it is, we you stand. end up like shipping people, and it's like no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's just like like the same. You could have said the same thing, you know, a year ago with like like May and and Coulson. I'd be like like okay, uh, but now I'm like no, no, <laughs> like together when forever. I, I, when it actually comes yeah. down to it, it's, yeah, no, it's them. They're they're meant for yeah. each other. Oh God. Um, there's a couple scenes in the trailer. You should probably watch it after this because you'll be I definitely, I definitely upset. Will. But there's like a scene where where Daisy is telling May like this is not the man that you loved, and it just hit me so hard because loved past tense like he is gone like, and they're still here and they have to deal with this Sergeant Coulson, and like I mean like we kind of talked about how Daisy doesn't she's kind of she's had her arc but like she's gonna be fucked up by this too like. But I feel like she's going to be able to handle handle it a little better than May will um, for once, which is an interesting like switch in roles. I don't know that, though. Maybe Daisy won't be handling it well. Everyone's going to be fucked up. Oh, God. Our poor shield babies. Everyone's so fucked up. <laughs> oh, and Deke d- is in the trailer. So he does, oh, thank he does show up at some point. <laughs> and he has a line where he's like, well, who's going to protect me? Daisy? Is Daisy here? Simmons? It's like... <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's pretty funny. It was really I like funny. that. <laughs> but yeah, so he's he's somewhere. He'll he'll come back um because he's not in the first episode. <laughs> no, and he made such a great point of it <laughs> on the panel. It was so good. We're talking about how it was the most he's in all season or whatever. Yeah. Um. I think that's all I have to say about the premiere. Yeah. We well, when we finally get to that episode in our rewatch, we will have much more to say. Yes, we'll have a lot more. Um. <laughs> But just some some general thoughts based on a, a memory because that was over a month ago now that we saw this. <laughs> yeah, we weren't. It's it's harder to come in fresh <laughs> a month later. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah. So uh, on that note, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, if I could be found, uh, I'm at I Snow Nothing. And you can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. You can find the podcast at Project Tahiti on Twitter. You can send us an email at projecttahitipod at gmail.com. You can rate and review us on iTunes. We're also on Google Play. We're going to be on Spotify soon. We're like a real podcast. Woohoo. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for listening to our, our ranting and raving about how Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is amazing and should be everywhere in the MCU and is not and what the fuck. Um, but maybe we'll get there someday. Who knows? Jeff Loeb, are you listening? (laughs) It can't get get any worse, right? That's true. (laughs) It's true. Anyway, thank you guys for listening to Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. Catch you later. Bye.